Cinnabuds receives support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care and Eyewear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hello, I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. From Radio Milwaukee, I'm Dory Zori. And this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are, of course, talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> Not sure if you know who I am, but I'm about to rule the world. Wow, uh, yay. But there's one problem. There's a human, has a mustache, just like you. Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. The new Super Mario's Brother movie stars the voice of Chris Pratt and Charlie Day as the titular brothers. Oh my goodness. Anytime I get to use the word titular, I do. <laughs> uh, and they it's an animated feature mm -hmm. uh, to make up for the live action <laughs> feature I that was from the 80s. I did not watch the live action feature. I yeah. think it would probably be good for my crappy movie night. But yeah. this animated movie that just came out about the video game was an absolute delight, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. It helps that over the last four years, I started playing Mario Kart and getting into the Super oh, Mario Brothers yeah, yeah. world, which I hadn't been in as a little kid. But I don't think you even need to have that kind of background to enjoy this movie. There was so much fun in action that I think all the little things that you might recognize from playing video games is a bonus. Yeah, it's almost two levels of people who could watch this. If you are familiar with it, there's a lot of fun references. The music is really fun oh, to so be like, good. to see how you incorporate all the different music from the video games into the film. They did that really well. And just the gameplay that you remember, yes. they incorporate it in a very clever way into the film. So if you have that knowledge, great. And if not, it is colorful and funny. And, and really, and good for all ages, I think. Yeah. I know that um, my little nephews went and saw it. I'm a grown woman and I loved it. In fact, I'm probably going to watch it more than once because, yeah. well, I purchased it. But also because it's just a joy to watch. Like there's so much cool stuff in the kingdoms that they created, the Mushroom Kingdom. But then yeah. also they had the beginning was like real life animated people in New York City. So there were some oh, shots yeah, yeah, that's true. of Brooklyn where I've walked through those neighborhoods and it just oh, looked so yeah. very, very cool. Yeah, that's always fun. It'll be really interesting. We're going to talk uh, about what we liked about the film. Is there anything we didn't like? Who knows? You'll have to find out. That's right. We're going to talk more in the podcast, so stick around. We've got a mission on our podcast, Urban Spelunking, and that's to show how every building tells a story. Hi, this is Nate Immig. And I'm Bobby Tanzillo. Even the buildings you think you know everything about are the ones that look like they're nothing special. They always tell you something unique about the city. Learn about Milwaukee through its architecture. New episodes of Urban Spelunking every Thursday from On Milwaukee and 88.9. Subscribe to Urban Spelunking in your podcast app and check out hundreds of past episodes in our archive. And we're back. We're back. You know, I tried my best in the opening to make a Mario um, video game sound. 
Oh that, yeah. That really didn't work that well. I apologize. I think I would do, I think in my head I can hear it, <laughs> but then when it comes out of my mouth, it won't sound right. <laughs> this movie was such a delight. The writing was wonderful. Writer Matthew Fogel, who um, had worked on like f- only five movies oh, before really? this, it looked like Minions, The Rise of Gru, uh, the second Lego movie. Oh, it was um, good, uh, good practice then. Yeah, good practice for this. You had mentioned some of the um, actors, but it, it was kind of a joy. I couldn't really tell who a lot of these voices That's were, true, yeah. which made it really exciting. Beside, um, beyond Chris Pratt and Charlie Day. Jack Black is in it. He was a great choice for Bowser. Is that right? Bowser. Uh, There's even a song that was written about. Which sounds so Jack. It's like, it seems like Jack Black for sure wrote that song. He did. And I think it's actually his only second Billboard charted song. (laughs) And it's basically him just singing Peaches, 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 because he's (laughs) in love with Princess Peach. Peaches, 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 yeah. Um, but Anya Taylor Joy, Keegan Michael Key. I mean, the list goes on and on. I didn't recognize Keegan Michael Key, who usually I do, but I think they did something. It's like a version of his voice where they like, you know, heightened it a bit. But then once I knew it was him, I started hearing some of his little tones that you recognize. Yeah. I really like him. So good. There were so many little, um, what do you call it, Easter eggs in it. Like, oh, yeah. Are you, were you a fan? Were you, do you play Mario When I was games, like, when I, it was Nintendo like the, games? it was the, maybe the only Nintendo game I played. I've had a very off and on relationship with video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really play a ton growing up, but I remember I always went to my friend Rich's house because he had Nintendo and we played Super Mario Brothers when I was in grade school. Um, so I do, I have a, that's the one I have the oldest connection with is Super Mario Brothers. I grew up with um, in television and Atari. So yeah, yeah, I didn't fall in love with this, this world, the Nintendo game world until much older in life. But man, did you know um, what video game Mario made his first appearance in? Oh, was it? Would it be Donkey Kong? It would be Donkey yeah, Kong. I knew he was a part of Donkey Kong, and I feel like I only realized that in the last few years and put those two together. Yeah, is 1981, and he wasn't actually Mario then. He was known as Jumping Man, <laughs> which is really fun because there's so many little um, Easter eggs in here, and I think um, Jumping Man. There was a store where. Um, they ha- or no, they had a Jumping Man video game. I think in the pizzeria, maybe oh. that they showed. Yeah, but um, other notable. Oh, in the movie. In they the had movie. A- oh, I oh see. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Now I'm going back from the video game to the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Luigi's cell phone ringtone is from the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> do you remember the game Duck Hunt by any oh, chance? Yeah, the old Nintendo game. Duck. When they showed one of the scenes of Brooklyn, they passed by a French restaurant that translates into duck hunt. Oh, that's really, that's deep. The duck from the video game was the (laughs) logo on that restaurant. And then um, in Mushroom Kingdom's antique store, when they first get there, you can see in this, like on the side is a gold hammer. And I'm not quite sure which game that's from. But um, I think that may be from Donkey Kong. That could be from Donkey Kong. Because at some point he gets a hammer that helps him get rid of the barrels when they're thrown at him. Yeah. I may be mixing things up, but I believe that's true. 
the other fun thing, which you might remember, is you could hear um, the owner in the Super Mario Brothers movie. You could hear the owner of the antique store telling someone as they're talking about a Nintendo cartridge, just blow into it. Does this thing work? Yes, well, you just have to blow into it. And you'll get it to work, which is something I really remember doing yeah. a lot as a child when those things would get yeah. dusty. He's blowing it and then they work again. That is, these are all great because these are. This is what the movie did really well, which is really connected to the people who are familiar with it. Even just peripherally familiar with it. Everyone's familiar with the music, even though maybe it's like, oh, what's that from? But you know it. Mm -hmm. But I kind of forgot how many different bits of music are in it, depending on what level you're at Uh or what's happening. Like when you get the star, the the sound it makes. Yes. So hearing them all in there and somehow and sometimes like altered a little bit or updated in a fun way. That was very smart to do, I think. So the whole movie, I guess we haven't said this yet, is about the Mario Brothers. It starts off where they're like in real life and they're trying to have this plumbing business and their family's kind of making fun of them and they do this little kind of cheesy commercial. And they're all, they they see on the news that there's like this big water main break in Brooklyn. So they go down there yeah. thinking that they're going to help. And then somehow they end up in these... Um, alternative worlds by going through special pipes yeah and that's really where the magic and fun begins but even the beginning of the movie i thought was super fun to like it was really funny and they i laughed a lot it was funny i was watching it and nicole goes are you liking it and i said "Eh, yeah i think so i was kind of like meh Uh kind of a tone and she goes "You, you seem to be laughing quite a lot and i go yeah I think I do like it. I had a weird response to it where I was like, I there's nothing I can complaining about in this movie. It's it's pretty funny. The visuals is very bright and colorful, but I just sort of like I think I was I was like conditioned to be skeptical because of all the controversy about Chris Pratt's voice. I don't know what it was exactly. They didn't like it. They didn't like him his casting in it. And when I watched it, I was like, I don't know what the big deal is. Now, who's they? Are these the video game enthusiasts? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if it was like, like deep, deep like deep level nerds about <laughs> that weren't, weren't liking it. It was one of those things like people on Twitter say, and it was like five people. Mm-hmm. But I just remember it coming up a lot. And then the funny thing is, in the film in the beginning, and they're doing they're, the two brothers are shooting a commercial for their plumbing business. And they do the, it's a me, Mario voice. And then they immediately in real life drop it because that was just for the commercial is a very clever and funny way to get rid of like, we don't have to do the thick Italian accent, uh, you know, over over hyped accent through the whole thing. Yeah. That was a very clever way to dismiss that bit. Right. Which I don't know if that was the issue or not. But. I think really any kind of movie that can kind of poke a little fun at itself yeah. right from the beginning kind of sets a tone of like, you know, don't take this too seriously. Yeah, We're exactly. here to have a good time. Would you have watched this movie if I didn't ask you to? Absolutely not. Hmm. No, I would. I, I don't know why. I like, you know, I like Mario Brothers. I'm not like a fanatic by any mm-hmm. means. Like I said, I have a vague connection to video games. But um, I'm glad I watched it. I do think halfway through, I was like, I think you just, I think you just insisting on not like. I was telling this to myself. You, you are <laughs> trying to not like it. I think I was being snobby a little Ooh. bit and conditioned. Then by the end of it, and luckily my wife is there to be the voice of reason. She goes, "You are laughing quite a lot." And I said, "You're right." And I'm, th- I'm writing down notes, and all of them were positive. <laughs> I was like, "No, I did like this." Mm-hmm. I just had to pretend to remind myself that. It's fine to like it. 
one of my favorite parts is so Mario and Luigi get separated and Luigi ends up in in the dark world where Bowser is kind of taking over and destroying everything. Yeah. Um, and then Mario ends up in mushroom, the mushroom world with Princess Peach. And so she's wants to train him to go on this adventure. And so she sets up outside of her castle, this training area, which looks like just about every classic Mario game with the different levels and the different things you have to do, jumping, climbing, um, getting power ups, you know, avoiding the, I'm not, whatever the the flowers flowers are called. The fly traps type of thing. Yeah. Watching like her go through that, nailing the course and then watching Mario fail at it was pretty hilarious. And I really, at that point, I thought, and I turned to Mill and I'm like, I love how they made Princess Peach, like, really yeah. an awesome character that, like, is a bad yeah. in a good way, right? She's yeah. just killing it. She's a boss lady. Yeah. She is clearly in great shape. She's agile. She can make it through these courses. But yeah. she's also, like, ready to save her kingdom. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because in the, in, you know, the original video game, it's just... That tr- like, oh, I got to save the princess. Save the princess. That's pretty much it. And this one, not so much. This one is like the princess is on the front lines yes. with everybody else. I love that. And I do love that. That sequence that you pointed out is great because it was the thing that kept making me laugh was that like, yes, this is what it's like when you're trying to figure out a game. And you, you keep fail. failing this one part over <laughs> and over again. All of a sudden it's nighttime. You're still trying to get past yes. this bit. And then someone's going, oh, no, you got to do this because that gets you a power. Like she's telling him, giving him hints. And I was like, that's so clever to do that because then it connects you like, oh, yeah, we've all done that. What I like about these movies and I think some of my cynicism comes from I like all of these kinds of movies. This it's kind of a new, not brand new, but like the Pixar movies, the Disney movies have this very contemporary vibe, great sense of humor for adults and, you know, adults and kids alike. But there's all these little bits in it. Mm-hmm. That, um, it, that that you're gonna hit every time. So there's a bit of a formula, but the thing is, I don't, ca- I don't, I realize I don't care that there's a. It's fine that there's a formula because it works really well. Yeah. I think the key to that formula is that you have all these ancillary characters and bits that happen throughout it that are really bright and fun and funny um, that kind of elevate the. The plot, which is the plot is always going to be kind of A, B, or C, you know. Mm -hmm. But those are the bits I like so much. And some of my favorites in this one, I love Fred Armisen as Cranky, Cranky Kong. (laughs) It's just this very funny character. And Seth Rogen was the voice of Donkey Kong. I did not get that until Donkey Kong started laughing. Laughing. I'm like, ah, that's Seth Rogen. (laughs) So these characters who aren't like main characters were very funny and, but my absolute favorite thing is that there's a they put them in this prison where they're in cages hanging over yes. the lava. And one of the characters, I don't even know what the character is. It's like a little star or raindrop or something. Yeah, I got to look that up while you're talking. Yeah. I also did not understand who that was. Or what I'm sure that it's was. a reference to the game or another game. But it's there's some there's this formula works so well is have a little kid's voice say tragic or sad or very adult things there's no escape the only hope is the sweet relief of death whoa oh you've got to be kidding me (laughs) so it's this little star that's saying like hope like time is an illusion (laughs) all right so that was one of the funniest parts in the whole movie 
to show us mercy. The sweet release of death. Yes. Okay, uh. so that character is called Alumali, also named Salesman Luma. It's a cyan Luma who appears in Super Mario Galaxy and oh. Super Mario Galaxy 2. Their appearance is, uh, what else does this say? Very similar. Uh, isn't this a fun podcast? I'm just reading from <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, Brought to you by Wikipedia. So it looks like a Lumini serves as a shop where um, Mario or Luigi can purchase either a life mushroom oh, or star bits. So, so it's sort of just like a little keeper of the shop. side character in those. But That's a deep cut, right? A, yeah, that is a deep cut, but. Either way, they gave that character so many funny lines. And I think there's a bit at the end, I think over the credits, mm -hmm. where it's so funny. And it's got this, it's like this voice of like what would be a three-year-old. Yeah, super cute. That's my favorite bits, yeah. That was good too. Um, my other Easter egg fun thing, so we played um, Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey. And I like playing these video games that have a lot of action as a second player because I let... Um, player number one do all the hard work and then I just do the extra and help figure out the puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so when I played Super Mario Odyssey over the pandemic, I was Mario's oh, cap Yeah, that would like swing out and do different things. And when they first um, entered the Mushroom Kingdom, there was a crazy cap store and I squealed out loud and yelled <laughs> crazy cap store. So I guess I got more into it than I expected to, but I just <laughs> yeah. thought this whole movie was a delight. Yeah. There's a, I had a similar uh, similar experience when they said, we're going to need carts or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah, and they started putting the carts together. And they put together. all their carts together, and Toad had the biggest one. It was a, <laughs> there's a, I mean, they did a good job. They did a really good job. They did a really good job. Also, now I'm thinking um, the question that I would love to know from our listeners oh, yeah. this week is, what video game that you played when you were younger you would love to see turned into a super clever oh, and fun yeah. movie? We did uh, with Kyle, we did a video game movies episode a while back. And he knows everything about video games. Yeah, but that's we, why he's not invited to this to make us like, look like yeah, dum-dums. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, too smart. <laughs> what I did, what we did come to the conclusion of is there are very few successful video game adapted uh, adapted adapted <laughs> adapted movies that most of them are i mean they may do critically well because you know they got mm -hmm. the audience but i mean not critically financially well yeah. but pe people tend to f feel that they're pretty bad Speaking of financial success, yeah. opening week for this movie, oh, yeah. 337 million worldwide, making yeah. it the biggest animated film to ever open. And since then, this yeah. movie came out in the beginning of May. We're not even at the end of May. I think it's made over a billion dollars sure worldwide. Did. Sure worldwide. Did. This it's seems great. like uh, a like it's a good movie, but this is also probably one of the best business decisions because of course, worldwide Mario Brothers it's like one of it's probably the most famous video game mm -hmm. I, I would imagine at this point so it seems like a no-brainer <laughs> and once again a movie that i love has an awesome beastie boys song in it no sleep till i i've been noticing that too i feel like we've been watching a lot of movies lately that use beastie boys very well they did have some really good a lot of 80s uh, songs in this movie too which i know you and i really like bonnie tyler's holding out for a hero <laughs> yeah. a take on me from aha uh -huh. uh -huh. which my which my wife who was not listening said rick rolled 
And I said, what? She goes, this is a Rick, the Rick rolled thing, right? And I go, this is not Aww. Rick Astley. This is aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, it's good. I love you, sweetie. <laughs> That's right. And then also there's a little something for everyone because Thunderstruck from ACDC was in there That's in a right. really good scene too. So soundtrack is great. The animation is wonderful. The voices were delightful, I yeah. think. Ultimately, in my opinion, everyone was cast in the right roles for yeah. this. It's a good watch. You should check it out. Super Mario Brothers movie. Don't get it confused with the live action because that's a totally (laughs) different vibe. You'll be like, what were they talking about? Speaking of what were they talking about? What you been watching? Yeah, what else we've been watching, Dory? You want me to go first? Yes, please. I recently watched a very cool documentary called Lynch Oz. Lynch slash Oz. Ooh, that it, sounds terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yes. In that was a documentary, but it is um, talking about David Lynch's most enduring obsession, which is The Wizard of Oz. So the documentary is fascinating. It's set up in like six chapters, and each chapter is a different filmmaker narrating their sort of thoughts about his connection to different ways his work connects to the Wizard of Oz. So the bulk of it is just visually, it's mostly just clips from all these different movies. And then you hear this kind of narrator, almost like an essay. And occasionally you get some clips of David Lynch speaking about his movies too. But it is really interesting. There's filmmakers from like, you've got um, Karen Kusama, who did Jennifer's Body, and she did uh, The Invitation, which is great. David Lowry, who did uh, the new Peter Pan and Wendy movie, but he also did The Green Knight. And then my favorite episode in the doc was the John Waters section. Oh, I bet. John Waters and him are friends, and John Waters is very irreverent, as always, when he talks about it, and he has some really funny stories. But you just see all these great clips. So it not only talks about David Lynch's obsession with The Wizard of Oz in all of his stuff, but also just how Wizard of Oz has been such an influence on so many different movies and just cult, uh, pop culture in general. So All I was going to add was my own personal story with Wizard of Oz. I grew up watching that mostly with my grandma. Oh, yeah. And back then, right in the 70s, it was on TV maybe like once a year. So it was kind of a big deal. Like yeah. you got your TV guide. You found out when it was going <laughs> to yeah. play. You circled it in the guide. You put a thing on the refrigerator. And then we had a movie <laughs> date to watch Wizard of Oz on the big old console TV. Yeah. And I fell in love with it from the beginning. I always thought it was so magical that it started out in black and white and turned to color that I have carried that magic with me through my adult life. <laughs> I don't watch it every year or multiple times a year like I used to, but I yeah. think it's time to revisit that. But I think I want to watch this documentary first. Yeah, it's really, I, I really enjoyed it because I do like David Lynch and those two movies seem, uh, like his movies and Wizard of Oz seem so far apart. Yeah. But you do, I mean, it's very clear how ingrained it is in his movies especially after you watch this uh but also just hearing about the film's history in general and all these different great filmmakers who are who are seeing these connections it's really great do you remember the first time you saw wizard of oz no i don't at all i mean i'm sure it was on tv like you did because mm-hmm. they do play the. it was actually kind of i believe in the doc they said it was kind of a financial failure at first but then all these people, they showed it on TV, and that is when it became like, oh, this is a must-see thing you got to watch on TV. And they showed it every year around Christmas in that season. And then the, it became a huge success after that. But in the theater, only 
They brought it back to the theater after it became kind of a big deal on TV. And then it became like a bigger. It's really strange how you never imagined that movie would not do well at the beginning. Right. Mm, Like a lot of great art is not recognized for Uh, its greatness right away. uh. Uh (laughs) All right. What have I been watching lately? Um, Not that I haven't been watching more TV. We're just kind of wrapping up on some shows. So. Um, succession is still like, we don't even wait till the next day. We like start watching at 8 PM on Sundays (laughs) that I don't know if I've really seen a show that has affected me, um, so profoundly in a while for like a bunch of people and like people that do things in real life that I could personally care less about, but have so much direct impact on the world, like (laughs) big families owning, TV stations, movie studios, um, tech companies. So there's like that element of, oh, my gosh, these horrible people really do exist in the world. But also there's something kind of lovable and like sit on the edge of your seat. Like, how is this family going to screw each other over one more time? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because this is the kind I people talk about succession a lot. And I I believe 100 percent it's a good show. This is exactly the kind of show I feel like I avoid right now. Mm -hmm. I can't get super invested in a storyline and I can't get invested in one that is going to stress me out. Yeah. I feel like right now I need like popcorn candy type of shows. I watched Abbott Elementary. I watched all three, I think three seasons oh, of it. The show is hilarious it's and delightful. So good. And I'm like, this is what I need in my life. It had the same vibe as like Brooklyn Nine-Nine where it's like very s- silly characters, but they, you know, great message, but just really solid writing and I really enjoy that succession. And there's something else somebody uh, recommended to me recently. I'm like, I believe you. That's a good, that's a good show. Mm -hmm. I absolutely cannot invest my emotions in that right now. (laughs) It's good to know your own boundaries. You are growing as a person, Christopher Pollard. (laughs) But you should still see succession if you can handle it. Yeah. Just be in the mental space to to like block out a lot of feelings. (laughs) That, yeah, that should be on a, coffee mug yeah push those feelings away <laughs> we do that so much every day anyway <laughs> all right uh, this so this has been good this has been good um man animated movies are so exciting to watch and we sh- i just can't stress enough how much i enjoyed super mario brothers movie yeah. everyone check it out it is in every theater well thanks for listening to our podcast yeah actually i might i watched it on tv last night from home but i might go see it in the theater yeah i bet it'd be really fun before it leaves the theater because i bet the music and the sounds are going to sound extra great too for sure all right but what we really want to do is thank kiri salinas for producing cinebuds podcast thank you kiri and thank you to new ski who does our wonderful theme song every Every week live. (laughs) He's here with us every week. We're like, you're here for two minutes, then get out. That's right. We don't let him talk. Cinnabuzz is sponsored by our friends at Associated Bank. And thank you to our new sponsor, Eyes on the Lake. I care and I wear. Thank you both so much. And we could not do this. And we wouldn't want to do this without the support of our wonderful members, both from Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. And until next time, try to get out to a theater to go see a movie. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.